Datology Coach Podcast. Hello, Sarah. Hey, Kristen. <laughs> hey, Kristen. I always get kind of like, uh, it's rare for people to call me Kristen, even though I try to, as an adult, I go by Kristen. Mm-hmm. So when I hear it, I'm kind of like, oh, somebody mad at me. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, does it, I mean, does it make you start listening for your middle name and your yes. last Kristen name? Kristen Marie. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It yeah, does. I don't it have does. a name that can be shortened, so I I can only imagine what you're <laughs> describing. But how are you doing? Meh. Uh, <laughs> um, why? I, one of my cats is sick right now, um, mm-hmm. and I hate that. It's so hard to have a sick animal at all, right? But mm-hmm. like cats, especially, you know, because like you just have no idea. Yeah. Um, and can we talk, please, about how fucked up it is that when your pet is sick, the expectation is not drop everything and tend to them? Yeah. It, like, it's, I'm supposed to work my fucking job? What the hell? Yeah. It, it It's because people don't, people don't take that seriously. They well, don't take it. It is a bullshit. living being that I need to tend to. Yeah, if there's insurance policies for pets, there that means they're important. Right? <laughs> there's a reason why there are insurance policies for your pets and it's because when they get sick, it is ab- it's traumatic when your pet gets sick and you don't know what's going on. Right. I you mean, know? I just I don't know. I just think it's extremely fucked up that people could be like, "Oh, drop drop everything. My kid is sick," but like you know, like when your pet is sick, you you really don't know whether it's life or death. Yeah, but I that's mean, one of those things that, and I always hear people making, and by people, it's usually moms, making comparisons like, oh, these people who think they're, think of their kids, think of their pets as kids. It's like, yeah, yeah, I, I do think of my dog of all, as my why child. why does that bother anyone? Right. Why? Why is anyone upset that some animals are treated well? Because it's equating childbirth and pregnancy, it, it's 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 erasing that. And I think you know women feel like Ugh, it's nothing like I, what I went through, and which is true. Like they went, of course, they went. Their body went through a massive trauma. The, what they, the sacrifices they made. Uh, but yeah, I don't have to give birth to something to love it unconditionally and be willing to throw myself into a fire to save it. Right? Not a, well. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I I hadn't thought about it as being related to uh, childbirth, but like, that, it's <laughs> just it's not just, about you, moms. Can we just? A, <laughs> can we yeah, just but and you know, you know where I'm going here, right? You know what I'm gonna do. Take you ready? Me on a journey. I'm going on a journey. like the 90s yes oh god the 90s the early aughts so this reminds me of the episode where carrie goes to the friend's baby shower and takes off her shoes because the friend requires the car that carrie remove her shoes everyone had to as i recall and the shoes get stolen and she goes over to the friend's house to sort of say hey you know you've you cut you owe me for these shoes basically like you're responsible for it because they were stolen at your house 
And she's like, oh, of course, of course. But let me pay for that. And she's how now how she opens a checkbook. How now how much was it? How much were they? And she said, um, $348. Yeah. And the, the mother, played by Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill, I love Tatum O'Neill. And she says, that that's just ridiculous. Yeah. And Sarah's and Sarah and Carrie's like, well, that's what they cost. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry, Carrie, but you can't expect me to find or to uh finance or something you know your lifestyle really really mm-hmm. you know and it, it it really that's, does you know I what do- that's what i'm gonna how i'm gonna respond the next time i get a wedding rsvp yeah like no gift can't expect me to finance your lifestyle right no baby but- shower gifts can't expect me to finance your lifestyle right because there are all these celebrations for people who yeah. get married and have babies, but there's none for single people. There really or for people, you know, uh, and not to, t- I'm not even like to take it away, but from, you know, like the story about the, about the cat. But I, th- I just feel like there's this divide and there's, it's like an upper echelon of like parents come above everything else. If that makes sense. Certainly uh, that is the case at work. <laughs> right? Like if you, you know, if you if you work with people who are parents and you're not a parent, like, yeah, watch yeah. them come and go. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Because they have kids and they're the kids are the priority. And, you know, people don't allow, it's like they can't think of anything else that would be as important. I I just I don't understand how anyone can can simultaneously hold in their minds like oh a pet is a living creature and and also believe like put put them off put their emergency off until yeah. you have and time. just cross your fingers and hope that they're alive when you get home like what the fuck yeah what <laughs> the fuck being like, this is a part of my family why. Are we not taking pets into consideration when we talk about, like, leave policies? Oh, yeah. And I will – I've done this. I've actually – it's rare for me to do it. But I have canceled um, one time. It was – it was a couple of months ago, and it was, like, Luca just wasn't herself. And I canceled my walks. I'm like, my dog – I just don't feel right leaving her. You know, she just doesn't seem herself. And, you know, I don't feel any of that. That's, and thankfully, like, these are pet owners, so they get it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I hope your cat feels better. Well, I hope he does as well. Yeah. All but right. Anyway, thanks, but thanks anyway. for going on that journey with me. Thank you, thank you for coming with us on that is. journey, people. <laughs> we don't take Do pet wanna... ownership seriously. Yeah, just, to, yeah. Take pet ownership seriously, goddammit. Um, can you read the first letter? Yes. All right. Matched with a guy online, both looking for a relationship. Over the course of two months, we meet six times and go on walks. These walks end up being some of the best dates of my life, and we really click and form a friendship along the way. He is transferring to another province slash state for his career, but we don't know when. The last time we met up, we brought up the fact that he could be transferred as early as a month or as late as one and a, as one to two years from now. 
His goal was always to transfer back to his home province, and he ended up crying twice, saying he feels strongly for me but can't let these feelings affect him because he stayed longer than he wanted to last time with his ex, and it didn't work out. Now, he's been here for much longer than he ever wanted and is having a hard time transferring back. He told me it's not about me, that he really likes me, but fears that he will get too attached and it'll be hard to leave when he inevitably does. I told him that moving to his province is not off the table. He asked, and I answered. He still insists that we stop seeing each other so we don't feel the inevitable breakup that is coming for us. The connection was so strong, we both expressed that it was unlike any other that we've experienced with anyone else. He says the timing isn't right, despite the fact that I said I would never ask him to stay and I would also consider moving, depending on how our relationship goes. He said he needs to stay focused on his goals, and he already lost track of that with his ex. I told him to let me know if he changes his mind, but what do you think of this? Is he the one that got away, or did I dodge a bullet? So, okay. Oh, Canadians. Oh, Canadians. Um, I, the fact that it, it just, yeah, it just seems like she's trying to make this work, and he's yes. very clearly trying to break up with her. Yes. But instead of being honest with her, mm-hmm. and frankly, I think he's also leaving the door open a little bit. Mm, yeah. You know, this is kind of like, this is why a lot of people ghost and don't say anything to you. It's because <laughs> they want some wiggle room. They want to be able to come back in a couple of weeks or a month and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I got COVID or something. When really they were just dating somebody else and they wanted to see where that was going and it didn't work out. So, like, this is why people often don't give an answer. He, but here's the thing. And I actually, I, yeah, I know more about this situation. And I feel as though he knew all along that he was not going to, that this was not going to be a permanent thing. So why does, why does he ask if she's willing to move? Is he hoping she'll say no? (laughs) I, his goal was, where does she say that? No, he's been here. He asked, I answered. I told him that moving to his province is not off the table. I don't know. But the fact that she answered and basically made it clear like, hey, I, I can move. And he wasn't like, okay, then that's what we'll do if I get transferred. The fact that he was just continued to like backpedal, hold her off. This guy just did not want to continue with the relationship. And I just think, honestly, I think he got into this and it, 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 it was going in that direction of getting serious. And he was like, that's not what I'm looking for. Hmm. And I think he used the transfer. He's using that as an excuse. Basically, I I see what you're seeing. Um, it's a little disconcerting that she says uh, these are these are like some of the best dates ever, <laughs> and well, they really click. Right. Also disconcerting good. is when they say they both say I've never had a connection like this with before. Yeah. Um, right, and, we're, and we're still doing this. We're still using moving as an excuse. Right, like. If it's right, it's right, and 
they're going to do what they can to make it work. And I do think that timing can be a factor, but this is easily fixable. Like if she's offering to move, she could move with him. Problem solved. What are we going? Why are we talking about this? Well, I think it's I think it's a little more complicated than that because she could offer to move, and you know, in a couple years, end up resenting him for accepting that offer. Which wouldn't be his fault, um, but that could be in his mind. I mean, I, I'm still agreeing with you that, like, yeah, it seems like he's he just wants this. He just wants out. <laughs> um, he just wants out. It, I think it got it, it was getting to that place where it was it was getting to that serious place, and he was like, okay, that is definitely not what I wanted. I need to get the fuck out now. I mean, I would even, um, I'm, I even wonder, like, is the offer to move hastening and like and solidifying his decision, right? Because maybe that signaled to him that you were more into this than he is. Because moving maybe. is moving is a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal. Like I said, you you could end up resenting this yes, person. I think I okay. All right, I'm following you here. So you think that when she brought up that she might would be willing to move. That's when I think he was like, Oh, like, uh-oh. yeah. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. I yeah. agree. 100%. That was, but to be clear, because I think she listens and let me, let me be really clear about this. It wasn't the offer to move that made him want to end things. It's yeah. not that he got scared off by your feelings. It's that, and I said this to her, he was always going to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was nothing you did. He was all, he went into this thinking, oh, this will be fun. And, oh, I, you know, I really like her, but it got very serious. And he was like, whoa, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm just, I'm just not ready for that. Or I just don't want that. How do I get out of it? Well, I think it's very telling uh, when she says the last time we met up, he brought up the fact that he could be transferred as early as a month from now or as late as one to two years. And so he he was, I, I think, using that um, that uncertainty also, right, to say, like, well, I don't want to invest one to two years right. and then we have to break up. That would be devastating. Like, he's. But, yeah. like, if you date for two years and things well, are going really well, then she could just move with you. But that again just points to the fact that like this this was supposed to be like like an easy way out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he's using the tra- the potential transfer as an out because things got too serious and he's just not looking for that. You know, but it just irritates me when people and by people I mean guys when guys do that when they get involved and they go through the motions and they know where it's headed and they keep going. And then when it gets too much, when that there's that thing, there's always that thing that, that makes them go, "Uh Oh, okay. This is the point of no return. I have hit the point of no return. Oh, expectations of me. Right. Once the expectations come in and they're like, Nope, that's what bothers me. It's like, it's that people, they don't, know what they want. They don't know what they want. And 
you have to understand that like you're, you're dealing with other people, you know, when you start dating somebody, you know, you have to have a pretty solid idea of what, what you want and what you can offer. And you don't have to, but it will make things easier. It will make things a hell of a lot easier. You don't just have to know what you want. You have to know what you don't want. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you know you don't want something serious, then you need like you need to really admit that to yourself and don't be fucking selfish. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, right? Because frequently men especially have no reason to disclose that. <laughs> right. Because very often if they get involved with someone and and just enough time passes They'll get that girlfriend experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's very little incentive for them to be that honest. But it would be great right. if they were. Yes, it would be lovely. So there's that. Okay. Okay. So here's another one, and I just got this this morning, and I'm going to read it. I suffer from anxious attachment style, and lately I have been rejected by so many men in a row after the second or third date. When I don't care on the first date, they like me and are invested. By the second or third date, I really care, and all my anxious, insecure energy gets all over them. I'm also sexual and enjoy sex, so I'll usually be more sexual with them on the second or third date, which makes me extremely vulnerable with men. Then I'm really open and honest and don't want to play games, but I think my infatuation is energetically scaring them off. When you start to really like someone and you struggle with infatuation and feel anxious waiting for their every move, how to not pro- how do you not project all your insecure energy onto them? I'm 34 and in such a bad loop. This guy really liked me at first, and once again, I scared him off with my anxious attachment issues, I think. Okay. Can we preface all of this by me just noting how much I love the phrase, energetically scaring them off? (laughs) (laughs) I I love that phrase. (laughs) Yes. All right. So, okay. Anxious attachment style. I need to be I'm going to say this again. There's a difference between having an anxious attachment style and having an anxious attachment disorder. An anxious attachment disorder is a, a, is a full-blown disorder where everything is sort of um, heightened. That, okay. that anxious, that anxiety, is, it, everything's heightened. Um, so the first thing I would ask this woman to do is if you have therapy – or if you have a therapist, please talk to your therapist about anxious attachment style. And please do not, do not diagnose yourself with anxious attachment style. And I'm, this is becoming the new narcissist. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, okay. So talk to your therapist about that because you can absolutely change your anxious, atta- change your attachment style okay. but to like to secure it takes time, but it's something you can do. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is when she says, I'm also sexual and enjoy sex, so I'll usually be more sexual with them on the second or third date. So I want to throw out there the possibility that you're not just being sexual, but that you're being hypersexual. 
and that that is a that is one of the earmarks of um, having an attachment disorder. Okay. So, and again, I will ask you, talk to your therapist about that because like, I, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not a therapist. And what I'm reading here is that the, the anxiety is so bad that it's, you can't control it. Yeah, it does seem like a compulsion kind of it thing. It seems like a compulsion. Thank you. That's that's the that's really what I think distinguishes an attachment style from an attachment disorder is that compulsion and that inability to control the compulsion. So it's not really clear to me what she's doing to energetically scare them off. Oh, it's not. Uh, uh no. Okay. Well, we'll co- we'll come back to this. Keep going. She, she's assuming that she's scaring them off. Mm-hmm. But how do you know it's not that you're scaring them off? They're just not interested. Like, well, I mean, certainly, like, there's going to be some of that in the mix, right? Right. Um, <laughs> let's let's try if I mean, you know, to the degree that we are able, let's try to look at this from the man's point of view. Okay. You've got you've got a first date with a woman who's like very cool girl. I don't care. Date me or whatever. I don't care. Makes no difference. And then second date, she's like, "Oh my god, I love you." <laughs> we need to have sex right now. We need to leave this in the shirt right now. I love you. I love you. We need to get married. Oh my god. I think we I need do to love soul you. bond right now. <laughs> Um, that might be energetically scaring them off, right? And that yes, is not. Her and fault, I think right? that's great that she knows that she knows. Like, hey, I think this is what I'm doing wrong. I think this is what I need to fix. And she just sounds so like I don't know how to fix it, and that's why it sounds like a compulsion. Exactly, and it's it's very self aware, and it 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 also acknowledges, like you said, like it it cannot be stopped. <laughs> so right. I I don't mean like I'm not I'm not making light of this or, or making fun, but I again like if you can try to picture yeah. it from someone who doesn't know all that's going on in your interior life, mm-hmm. it it looks uh looks like a wild ride. <laughs> But but also wild ride. Also, here's the thing about uh, attachment style or attachment disorders. I hear a lot of people talking about it. I don't hear anybody talking about how they tend to it or how they are working on it. I, no, never. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, we've talked about how, you know, the whole thing with Dawn. And I just got to that point where I was like, I'm tired of running. And I pushed myself and I did that thing that, that I knew was going to scare me. Mm-hmm. And I, I never hear anybody talk about how they work through stuff like this. I just hear people saying, well, I am this or I am that and sort of defining themselves by these labels. Yeah. But they don't seem to really know what the labels mean. Well, or- and also it's, it's not um- – really reasonable to expect that people will accommodate you because because you have identified as this or that or a therapist has identified you as this or that. Yeah, I I just got a, I just got a comment today and it was on a post about 
uh, oh, whether or not do you, t- you know, when, if you, if someone is pulling away from you, you know, do you ask them, Hey, do you still want to date me? Like there was this one, one coach who said, you just have to ask them like, Hey, I just want to know where I stand. Like, do you still want to date me? And I did a, I stitched it and said, I would never recommend to do that. I wouldn't Because either. they're just going to lie. They're going to say, no, 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 no. Yeah, I still, I'm just, I'm really busy. And they're just going to lie and they're going to end up stringing you along mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then someone in the comments said, would you still give the same advice if the man were, were uh, an avoidant, had, had avoidant attachment style? Is like, he the one what? that is asking or is he the one that's? Um, no, she's just talking in general. But it's like, here we go. Like we're assigning these labels to these people. And how do you know that he is avoidant attachment style? How do you know? You know, just because he does, he seems to pull away from you or doesn't like he seems to withdraw doesn't mean that he has an anxious attachment or, or avoid an attachment style. Yeah. Like you don't right. know this person. You are not this person's therapist. And and we need to stop assigning labels to things because that's how we make it make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, they're an avoid attachment style and that's why they're not responding to me or that's why they're pulling away. And it's a way to rationalize. Yeah. It's a way to rationalize, I think, for sure, a, a relationship or why we chose that person or um, like why we didn't see it coming when they broke up with us. Mm-hmm. So there's that. In any case, first, therapy. You have to talk to your therapist. And you know what? And if you can't afford therapy, there are, I, I'm looking into something now. I just want to, like, I want to get a feel for it. And it's called Get Cerebral. And, I will put a link to it in the show notes and it's online therapy, which I'm hearing more and more about uh, and I'm hearing good things about it. And I just think right now it's so important for people to be talking to someone if they can and in in an affordable way. Uh, So talk to your therapist and you can't, this is something that you need to really work on. This isn't just something you can go, Okay, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. Okay, yeah. well, I know what I'm doing. So, you're like, you can't just put a rubber band around your wrist and snap it. Yeah. You know, this takes real work. But it what it really involves is going back to where that initial attachment style was born. And that is with your primary caregivers. And it sounds so hippy-dippy. To go, well, that, you know, go back to your inner child or whatever, go back to your childhood. But that's exactly where this is from. And that relationship you have with your caregivers, your primary caregivers, which are usually your parents, Mm -hmm. that informs all of your adult relationships and all of your adult attachments. So you have to get to the source of why you have an anxious attachment style. And that's, that's where you need to do the work. And when you find yourself in those moments of panicking and, oh, I feel like they're pulling away. See, and this is what happened with anxious attachment style. You have this compulsion to seek validation, to uh, seek uh, some sort of confirmation of of something. Dig in. Dig in where? Dig in as they're pulling away. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And remember, we tend to go for those people that trigger the attachment style or, or disorder 
because they reaffirm the negative self-beliefs that we have. You need to get to the root of that negative self-belief. What, what does this conflict, what are you doing when you, what are you trying to, what are you trying to achieve when you do this? What are you trying to get closure for? Why are you doing this? That's, you need to start there. And when you feel that compulsion come around, you have to, you, I always recommend doing some kind of grounding technique, whether it's listening to music, whether it's journaling, whether it's just like going through a a puzzle in your head or, you know, going, looking around the room and trying to identify everything in there that's red, something to redirect and rechannel that energy so that the, the compulsion will, will, will lower a bit, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the thing is we react, you know, you, we need constant, we need immediate validation. Like it's like, you can't, you can't, you, you feel like you're jumping out of your skin. Yeah. Well, so what makes this one tough is it seems like the compulsion kicks in when she's already on the date. <laughs> so in that case, I mean, it, it would, it would be challenging to, um, find a way to to let the air out of the compulsion while on the date. I don't get that same sense. I don't get that she's on the date and she's feeling that compulsion. I think it's after the dates. I don't think she's with them when she's feeling this. I think that um, hmm. I, I don't. Okay. And the, the you know, I'm also sexual and enjoy sex, so I'll usually be more sexual with them on the second or third date. And ask yourself why you're doing that. Are you being sexual to form a bond with them? Are you being sexual because you think it's going to keep them around? You know, is it that you're sexual, or is it that you use sex to gain emotional intimacy, mm-hmm. or what you believe is emotional intimacy, or confirmation of something? Or confirmation of something. Like really analyze that. Is it that you're just you just really sexual or are you hyper hypersexual? Are you acting out, basically? Are you acting out when you have sex with these guys on the second or third date? Is this are, are you trying to rush intimacy? Are you trying to speed past the the more formalized getting to know you phase? Because you feel like if they get to see the real you, they won't want you. And I know that was, and I'm speaking from experience on that one, because I definitely did that. I definitely did that. This Uh, one's getting real deep. What? This one's getting real deep. It is getting real deep. So uh, it really just comes down to, A, talking to a a licensed professional who can do maybe cognitive behavior therapy, getting to the root of the anxious attachment style, which really means just, just going, really going backwards. And, and looking at your relationships with your parents and trying to figure out, like, are you maybe attracting avoidant personality types? Because that's what triggers the, that's what confirms the negative self-beliefs. You might not even be aware that you're doing it because this is your normal. Yeah. Are you, like, is your, were your primary characters? And it's not necessarily just your father. Like, was your mother emotionally distant were they just not present emotionally or physically did they were they very uh withholding of affection or compliments and so that's what that's what makes you anxious for that approval 
really go back and look and and look at that and and analyze it but but do it with a therapist who can who can walk down that path with you and really help you sort of see things you might not be seeing so that's yeah that's my answer okay do you have anything to add i don't okay <laughs> Ooh, there we go so I'm going to play something for you. Okay. And it was a TikTok that I saw the other day. And you can tell me what you think. Okay? okay. Just another reason to prove why men are trash. Okay. This is how my morning started. I matched with a guy on Bumble. Hey. Hey. Any big weekend plans? Actually, yes. It's my daughter's birthday. Blah, blah, blah. What about you? Unpacking. Just moved. Curious why no full-length picture. Literally, the second question you ask is if you can see my whole body. I like how he had to tell me what a full-length picture meant, as if I didn't know. My response. What a weird way to start a conversation. Truth be told, I'm part goat. Hairy legs, hooves, little tail, the whole bit. Let's see if he responds. Yeah. Um, I mean, why spo- would he? <laughs> exactly. Spoiler alert. He's not going to respond. Why, why would he? Why would he? Um, full body shots are standard. Everybody yes. has to post them. It is not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable at all. And the reason why they're not unreasonable is because to not waste time. people to not, not only that, to not waste time, but to not get themselves in a situation where they get that picture and they're not attracted and they're like, shit. Right. You know, and then now they have to have that uncomfortable, either have the uncomfortable conversation or ghost. Mm -hmm. So you're actually creating, you're creating what's likely to end up as a really awkward conversation. Mm -hmm. But this, at the same time, I do understand why somebody might feel and in, and in, in this is just what it comes down to. It's like she's just not comfortable sharing her whole body, and that doesn't necessarily mean that she's not conventionally thin. You know how she feels about her body, and you know like what her what her body looks like can be two different things. Mm-hmm. But I I just feel like everybody does it. You know everybody does it. You cannot think you're you know you you can't stray from the norm and yeah well right because there's there's so many options or the illusion thereof that right people just won't tolerate this kind right. of delay exactly nobody's not going to respond and neither would no, you <laughs> nobody is nobody's invested enough to put up with this and this is bullshit like this is just snarky bullshit yeah this whole i'm a goat thing you wouldn't yeah. respond to that yeah it's not funny it's not interesting it's not no. even snarky. It's just kind of dumb. And he's asking a very reasonable question. And he didn't start with that. That's he true. Asked, Do you have weekend plans? So he didn't start with it. And I don't know. I you, This is, look, if you're not prepared to do the things that everybody has to do, which means write a bio, post three or three to five photos, answer some prompts if you're not willing to do the basics do <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't be dating online well there you go 
you know, but this, this also reminds me of another TikTok I saw and I didn't download the audio, but a woman matched with a guy, she shows up, they have, the shows up at the restaurant, they have dinner, she goes to the bathroom and, um, or he goes to the bathroom, comes back and he says, you know, that he's going to leave. And she was like, oh, okay. And she felt that the date went, you know, fairly well. And the guy tells her that he felt like she misled him because she's plus size. Okay. And so look, and she said, look, I, you know, and she's telling people, the audience, the her followers, that she has full body shots in her, in her profile. Okay. So why does this keep happening to women? Because if they're, they're posting I mean, photos, I feel like we'd have to see the photos to know the answer. Right, right. We'd have to see. And there have been some instances where I've looked at those photos and I'm like, mm, that's not clear. You know, I just had a client session where I had to say, okay, that's a great photo, but you need one taken straight on. And it's because I don't want my clients walking into a date mm-hmm. and dealing where with this a douchebag like this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But there's something, it's that, why do you feel so angry? Like, why do you have to say anything? Why do you have to lash out like that? Why couldn't you just say, oh, it was great to meet you and leave? Why do you have, why did you have to shame her? I don't like, have an answer to that. It's, it's that. It's Men are trash? Anger, I don't know. <laughs> I think the anger's coming from one of two places. One, they feel deceived. Okay. Which, okay, I'd have to see the pictures. But two, I think it's it goes back to, remember me telling you about how when women would go to speed dating events and if they had to uh, meet yes. with somebody who was outside of the- How dare the you room. think you're good enough for me? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's, it's a, how dare you think you're good enough for me, but also a realization that they are not in the league that they think they are in. My new favorite thing on TikTok is the genre of video uh, that starts with your loss, and then it's like a paragraph about how great the the poster is, and it's it's usually entertaining. <laughs> have you seen this? <laughs> no, I don't know uh, what you're talking about. I'll have to send you some. I'm getting a yeah, whole bunch please, on my feed for some reason. Please do. Uh, so yeah, like... So when, if you're listening to this and you had this situation where you go into a date and someone tells you that they feel like you misled them, that's just, that's them. That's just their anger. And I I really truly believe that anger is at themselves or frustration in in general about dating, but they're taking it out on their dates. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds that way. Yeah. And it's because, once again, because, you know, people feel as though plus-size people aren't human and they feel like they can talk down to them. And it, it, it really – I just see way too many of these. Wait, you know, and right in, like, the middle – like, in the middle of the story, she she breaks down. You know, like, that's how – like, this guy just so badly hurt her and embarrassed her and shamed her – and I'm like, nobody should ever have to experience that. No. And how do we fix it? How do we fix it? I I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, like, if you ever go on a date, and unless it's egregious, where someone egregiously misled you, 
and you want to speak up. But look, if someone shows up on a date and they're like that guy, like even that's too slippery. Like that guy probably would tell you he thought it was egregious because clearly he felt justified in saying something. Yeah. Like it's it's too nebulous to say unless (laughs) in any case, like the answer is you finish the date. That's it. Like, just if you're not attracted to them, like, at least finish your your meal or your drinks or your coffee or your walk. Yeah. <laughs> just finish the date. That's it. Just be a decent human being. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're not having a worse time on this date than you would have at home watching Netflix, you know? Right. Right. Just finish the date. Yeah. And stop making it about how you feel deceived. Because that's that's just that's just a trash excuse. It is. It's not that you feel deceived. It's that you are you feel so indignant. you feel indignant. <laughs> yeah. How dare you think? How dare you think? And yet the re- the reality for that person is they keep shooting out of their league and th- and they don't have any success. The people they want don't want them. That's the thing. Hello? Mm. You're talking about the indignant person. <laughs> the indignant person is, yeah. you know, th- they think, how dare you, how dare you think that you're good enough for me? Yeah. And you're saying they're frustrated already, like from the outset. They're frustrated because they are shooting out of their league. Because they shoot out of their league and it doesn't, and, and, and it doesn't work for them. And so they turn around and accuse someone else of shooting out of their league. <laughs> right. They're just projecting. Yeah. That's all they're doing is projecting their own frustration that, they can't seem to get the people that they want. Yeah. 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 Um, I saw one time on one of your TikToks, and I don't, I mean, this probably probably can't even be found at this point, but somebody had asked at one point, can you define leagues so that I know what league I'm in? And I don't know that you can anymore. Do you, you think that's possible? Be- no, because attraction is subjective, number one, and there are different factors. So some people might be uh, in high demand because they have they have some sort of status, or they could be exceptionally good-looking or conventionally attractive, or they could be really wealthy, mm-hmm. or they could have this amazing sense of humor. Like There are a lot of things that go into why we are attracted to somebody, and it really does just come down to options. Like who has a wider pool of options? And it doesn't necessarily mean that that person is conventionally attractive. Yeah. It's who has a wider pool of options. So yeah, there is no way. Although I will say if you go online, you know, that Washington Post article said that most people shoot, you know, by, they go for people 25% more desirable than they are. And they measure that by the attention that they get on the app. You know, the likes and the swipes and the oh, this and the that. I didn't see this article. It sounds interesting, though. Yeah, it's from 2018. Okay. And the the researchers determined that people tend to go for twenty people who are 25% more attractive than they are hmm. on average. So I would take, if you, if you want to get an idea, I would look at the people who show, who initiate interest and then go about 25% higher than that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> because they're going out of their league by 25. Like they're definitely shooting out of their league. We're all doing it. We're all when we're everybody using it shoots out of their league. 
That's fascinating. Is that a function of the apps or is that like all online dating? Like, has this always been the case? That I, I cannot say for sure. I'll link the article in the notes. But yeah, it, it determined that we go for people who are 25% more desirable. And again, remember, it's not about looks. Right. Not about more people who are more attractive. It, it's basing it on the amount of attention or interaction your profile gets. Options. Options. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's what I'm saying. So, okay. All Speaking right. of options, you got another TikTok for me? I do. I do. And this one I'm going to have to play because I could I couldn't download the the sound from from TikTok, which bummed me out. So that bums I will me out edit. Too. I will edit this part out. No, hold on. Did you hear Luca having her dream? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Bobo! Hi, Bobo! Okay. You notice it sounds like one of those um, bubble guns. I don't know what a bubble gun is. Uh, okay, it's just okay. like a plastic gun that instead of being a water gun, it shoots bubbles. But like one big oh. one giant bubble at a time. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Hold on. All right, you ready? Public service announcement: If I come back to your place after a date to hook up with you, and I go to use the bathroom, I look to the the trash can next to the toilet, and I see two empty wrappers from condoms that aren't mine. I'm probably going home for the rest of the night. And we're gonna call that it. Okay. So if you didn't, if you weren't able to hear that, he was saying public service announcement. Announcement: If I go back to your place after a second date and I'm there to hook up, and I go into your bathroom and at the top of the waste basket in the trash, I see two open condom wrappers. I'm probably going to leave, and that's probably going to be it for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. What a what a public service. <laughs> what Thanks, a public sir. service. <laughs> yes, and when. Um, when a few people, including me, called him on what was essentially a double standard, he was like, "No, I'm just, I'm just saying that like she should empty her trash." I'm like, dude, this isn't a cleanliness thing. Like, maybe her housekeeper didn't come that day, or maybe she forgot, or whatever. Now, look, we all know in the abstract that the people we're dating are probably dating and therefore sleeping with other people, but yeah. when the evidence is right in front of you. I was going to say, that, I feel like she should at least um, hide it from him. <laughs> That's the least she could do. Yes, it's the least she. Yeah, it's the least she could have done. Yeah. But she, it probably she, it probably didn't occur to her, and like she probably didn't think like, oh, he's going to be looking at my trash. Hmm. Like, why were you looking at her trash? Sure. Well, also, does she have a roommate? I mean, I was wondering, it doesn't, I would think that like, if she had a roommate, it would be very possible that it would be hers, but he seems, you know, he seems very definitive that he knows this was, these were hers. Yeah. And I think he was never all that invested her in the first place, because I think if he liked her, I think he might have called it a night or hooked up with her and not had sex with her, but still seen her again. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. And like maybe tried harder on the next date. 
so that he could rise to the top of the pile. <laughs> I just feel like, dude, you went over to hook up with this woman and, and, and like, you just were looking to hook up and you're pissed that she hooked up with somebody else. Yeah, that's and, correct. And, yeah, that's correct. Like, okay, when was the last time you hooked up with somebody? You know, I I don't know. I'm not feeling as indignant about this because I feel like this is valuable information. Let's let's take the information here. What he has just told us is he needs to feel special. Exactly. <laughs> he needs to feel special. And a lot of men do. So if you're going to try to date men, just know that going in. They need to yeah. feel special. They need to feel special. They need but but more than that, they hate the idea of um following another guy yeah. sexually. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of layers to that. It's there's a lot of slut shaming. <laughs> yeah. And and you and for all you, this guy knows, those condom wrappers, that could like they could they could be weeks old, and they could have just like risen to the top, or that's just where they fell. Like maybe that that they were like a week old. Sure. Like, do you really think she's not supposed to have sex with anybody else but you? He needs her to lie to him. Is what I'm taking from this. <laughs> right. He needs her to lie to him. Yeah. He and I'm not saying like, oh, you should have just sucked it up because that would be hard for anybody, like to know like, oh, huh, okay. All right. Yeah. And I don't know that I, I don't know that I could I don't know that I could not bring it up. <laughs> um, okay. Uh but I do see it as like that would be a great springboard to a conversation about expectations. It would be. You know, you could use it in a way that's productive. But if you're just going to take your choice and go home and pout, then that's what he's going to do. You, then why don't you just admit you were just there to hook up with her anyway and you had no plans on continuing to date her? Ergo, what the fuck is your problem? I mean, he kind of did, right? But then I guess as soon as he got comments, he started backpedaling. Yes. How it sounds, right? He specifically well, says, if I go over to hook up and I see condom wrappers. Like, you, you've said the quiet part out loud, sir. Right. And I don't know that he's, like, I think he truly believes it's about cleanliness. He's like, well, no, she could have at least emptied the the basket, or like she couldn't have she could have at least hidden it from me. That's Why? what he's saying. Yes. Yeah, like it's not about that. Like, this is you're just your ego is bruised. Uh huh. That's the answer. That's it. Yeah. End you're of not discussion. You didn't right. get there and first. That, and that is not her fault. And. If you were going to, if you really liked her and you were considering dating her seriously, that would not have deterred you from seeing her again. It might have made you want to go home that night. Right. But you but certainly, it, you would gather more information, right? You would, you would, you gather would invest more, information. more time into try to, trying to figure out how long you'd have want, those been there? Are those your right? Roommates? You'd want to make sure. Yeah. Like, well, let's, okay, let's, let's see this one through before I discard it so yeah go fuck yourself dude but yeah what he's what he's telling us is that he has a madonna whore complex and he wanted to go home with somebody who would go home with him for one night but also had never been home with anyone else right ever 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 yep yeah all right dude enjoy that one 
Any final thoughts? I think that was that was good information to know about men. So thanks. Yeah, they need to feel special. Dave. Men need to feel special. Yeah. All right. Follow us, datologycoach.com. Join my Substack, which is uh, datologycoach.substack.com. And that is a subscription. A subscription newsletter. There are free articles available, but there are two to three exclusive private posts every week. Uh, there will be exclusive podcast episodes every couple of weeks. So yeah, go to datologycoach.substack.com to subscribe. And we've mentioned this previously. We're going to mention it again. Starting in a, a couple of weeks, it might not be next week, but in a couple of weeks, we are going to go to one free episode per month, and the other three will be paid five dollars a month. It, we you can go to Patreon. You know, Patreon.com at Datology Coach, and you can follow us. You can go to DatologyCoach.com. There's a Patreon link in the nav bar up top. Thank you for the people who have already signed up. And supported yeah. us and who are saying like, yeah, man, I want to pay you for your work. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for that. It me- it means a lot. We take it very seriously. We're going to make sure to get these episodes regularly, Thursday nights, Thursday evenings. If you have a question, go to datologycoach.com. You can follow me on TikTok at datologycoach. Are we, uh, we good here? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Luca, say goodnight. Nothing? All right. She's just looking at me. Bye. Bye.